Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right, church, it's great to see you today, and uh, thank you for uh, that moment of honor for uh, for my son and from all of you for Pastor's Appreciation Month, and uh, it's a whole month, huh? Wow, that's like Hanukkah for pastors. We'll take it, and uh, we certainly appreciate you being here here at our Dulles campus. We're excited to be in church today, aren't we? And uh, joining us now, uh, not only our online campus, whom we love, but also our Tenley Town campus. We're so glad that we're one church, wherever you are, uh, we're together, and uh, God's going to do some great things in your life today. Do you believe it? Well, we're reading uh, today from Nehemiah chapter 4. Go ahead, grab your Bibles out. We're going to jump right into it. We've got ice cream social afterwards. Uh, every Sunday for six weeks is something going on here at Citizen Heights. Aren't you glad? A lot of opportunities to invite some friends and uh, invite some co-workers and just to hang out a little bit afterwards because the meeting after the meeting is always the best part of the meeting. And so you, there's someone here that you're going to meet today. You're going to share your story. They're going to share theirs. It's going to be a source of encouragement to you. I believe that. And uh, next week we're, we have Meet the Pastor Sunday. Uh, the week after that, I believe, is um, Tailgate Sunday maybe. I believe so, so you can all wear your jerseys, represent your favorite team, if it's the Commanders, and uh, just leave all the other jerseys at home. Just kidding. And uh, then the week after that, it's family, it's our Fall Fun Fest right out here at our Dulles campus, so we're going to invite you, Tenley Town Campus, to come out. If you haven't seen this campus yet, you can come worship with us, and you can stick around afterwards for our Family Fun Fest. It's a big deal for us. It's a big deal for the community. It's absolutely free. And uh, so a lot happening. Did I give you enough time to get to Nehemiah chapter 4? I hope so. We're going to put it on the screen just, just in case. And let me get you multitasking if I can. Uh, go ahead and take your phone because we're going to have a special participation moment to, in today's experience. So I'm going to ask that if you haven't already done it, download the Citizen Heights app, okay? So I'm just giving you some, some time to do that. We'll get to that in a few moments. But download the Citizen Heights app. It's in all the app stores. You can find it. Um, and I'll get us. I'll reference that a little bit later and get you going. Sound good? All right, so here we are. We're in a series, the final week of a series called Back to Church. And uh, some of you are quite literally making your way back to church. Some of us are, are kind of metaphorically and internally making our way back uh, to a new place and, and the two decisions we've really been saying uh, We want to make collectively but but it starts with us individually and personally the two decisions is I'm going back to church and I'm going back to build Right it, because some people come to church to not build Did you know that some people come to church to kind of tear things down to critique things because they're they've got that spirit of clever consulting and uh, Anybody with a hammer can tear stuff down but it takes some, some heart and some skill and some passion to really build something. And so we're, we're talking about going back to church and going back to build. And uh, our text has been in Nehemiah 4, verse 15. Let's remind ourselves of it. Sound good? 
It says this, our, ne- our enemies heard that we had found out what they were plotting, and they realized that God had defeated their plans. Then all of us, matter of fact, let's read this part together. You ready? Then all of us went back to rebuilding the wall. Say amen. See, this is a literal rebuilding. What we're reading in Nehemiah is, is a literal mission and commission on Nehemiah's life that he gathers and rallies a team around with vision to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls that had been torn down and rebuild the gates that had been burned and to reoccupy, to rally to reoccupy the city of Jerusalem. So this is a very literal building project going on in Nehemiah 4 that we're reading about. And in chapter 2, it tells us that Nehemiah is is walking the grounds, he's walking the walls, he's, he's surveying the damage, and the damage is so great, it says he can only go so far because there's so much rubbish, there's so much rubble from what used to be a wall, what used to be a stone and a gap is now rubbish on the ground. And it says that in chapter 4, it actually says that, uh, th- that they're unable to pass and that they're getting weary from all the rubbish. So we've been talking about rebuilding the wall. And today I want to talk to you ab- about a, a simple idea. It's, it's this. If you like titles for messages, do some of you take notes, I hope? Okay, good. <laughs> good. Good to see some note-taking. I, if you like titles, it's this. Time to remove the rubbish. Okay, time to remove the rubbish. Uh, there's, there's a time to remove rubbish. And what we've been talking the last few weeks that the four barriers the four decisions we have to make in order to get back to church back to a place where we're just and I don't when I say back to church I'm not just talking about attending although that's part of it I'm talking about being part of what God is building right God isn't building with just you know drywall and and masonry God is God's building materials are you and me people and and that's why when Peter says we are living stones being built into the wall of God's dwelling, that means that you and I, our lives connected together, one another, but also creating a safe place for others is what God is building. And so we've been talking about these four barriers, these decisions we make to getting back to church. And the first one, the first week, if, if we can get a close up, is we talked about I'm too busy, Right? Like, it's the excuse. We have to decide. I'm not going to be too busy anymore. And when we talked about this, we talked about um, dealing with a distracted spirit. Do you remember that? And then week two, we talked about I'm too offended. And we addressed that detached, unforgiving spirit. Because that happens in church, doesn't it? You're kind of locking arm in arm in mission and and vision and purpose together but when you lock arm in arm you're you got elbows in proximity you know what i'm saying and sometimes there's friendly fire and sometimes there, our humanity and our you know and our frailty impacts one another in a negative way and but god in his infinite wisdom knew putting us together would would allow us to not only receive from his forgiveness and grace but to be the uh, ones who give his forgiveness and grace. And as we receive and freely give, there's, there's a tightness and a, and, a, and a strength and a unity that comes to the church 
when we say, I am unoffendable. Like, you can't, like, my wife can't offend me out of the marriage. We're going to talk it through. We're going to work it through. You know, God's grace will help us get through. But in the same way, some of us have very, we're on the clock in church community and faith community because we allow offense to come, because it will come. It's not a matter of if. It's, it's a certainty of when. It will come. And so we talked about, I'm, not, I'm choosing right now that I'm not going to be offended and I'm going to live with a forgive, a generous, forgiving spirit. Even as I'm forgiven in Christ, I'm going to be a reconciler and a forgiver of others. Uh, the third week we talked about last week being too idle. Remember that? Dealing with a, a disconnected or a visionless spirit. And that disconnection comes from losing connection to the vision. And when you lose connection to purpose and vision, you get idle. Caden uh, already read the verse here at our Dulles campus, uh, Proverbs 29. Without vision, people perish. They run off. They cast off restraint. They run around wild. They start. They're, they're doing all kinds of things except they're idle in the vision. They're no longer active in it. They're putting, you know, in, in Nehemiah 3 last week, and, and I have a struggle today. Can I just be honest? I have a struggle because I so badly want to re-preach too idle but at the same time i want to preach today's choice as well so i'm going to try to do a little of both just by way of a little summary okay can we review repetition is the heart and soul of learning so let's jump into it uh nehemiah 3 talks about a lot of vision they're rebuilding walls rebuilding towers rebuilding gates rebuilding homes it's a lot of vision and it says in the midst of that, they're putting their shoulders to the work. Now, understand the list of people we see in Nehemiah 3, they're not stonemasons. They're not gate specialists. They're average, everyday people who say, we love you, God, and what do you want us to do? And, and I told you before that, that these, these uh, tribes that have been assigned to different portions of the wall to rebuild, they had not cross-trained in masonry and wall building. They're just, they're just doing what God needs done. And I love that spirit. You know, it was years ago. Uh, Jacob Jones was a young man at the time. And uh, he was in our internship program. And he's still a young man. And uh, he was an intern in our program. And he said, you know what I love at, about Citizen Heights? He said, I love that at Citizen Heights, the worship team cleans and the cleaning team worships. Nothing's beneath us. We're all in it together. I said, yeah, that's that that's a team right that's a powerful team that says nothing's beneath us like we're willing to do whatever it takes consider it done god what's your vision and when we con connect to that vision of what god wants to do um we see in in nehemiah 3 that's what happened and there's a list of over 50 names called out individuals and family names called out uh, being celebrated that joined the work because they're connected to the vision and they're rebuilding walls. And you see this phrase throughout Nehemiah 3. Next to them was this family. And next to them was this family. Right? And we could do it here. And next to them was the Jones family. And next to them was the Van Vlack family. And next to them was the Cabrera family. And next to them was the Dada family. Because Temmie's engaged and soon going to be a family man. 
I asked him this morning, I said, is that public knowledge? Can I say it? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I said, does she know? And he said, yes, she knows. And it says in Nehemiah 3, it's listing literal families and individuals who caught the vision, weren't necessarily specialists in building a wall, but put themselves in a place to say, God, if it's your vision, it's my vision. I'm on the team. And next to them and next to them. And I love that. Uh, you know, I want to be on that kind of team, right? We want to build that kind of team at Citizen Heights. It wasn't idle, but it was active. It was filled with vision. And in the same way, we have a team here at Citizen Heights. It's the engine room. It's the heart and soul of who we are. It's why we can do a big fall fun fest out in the, uh, the yard. And you see, last year, I think we had like 800 people come from the community. And you say, who's doing all this? They must have a lot of team members. And it's, no, we just have all-in team members. But there is room for more. And everybody can have a part. So our team does the work that builds the wall. At Citizen Heights, our team does the work that restores God's place for God's people. It makes it a safe place. And our team does the work that it literally echoes in eternity. There's very few things on my weekly calendar and maybe your weekly calendar where you go, yep, that's going to echo in eternity. Yep, that hour slot, that's going to reverberate for the, till the end of time where there is no time. Like, think about your calendar, and you go, yeah, that, that was a lunch. <laughs> it was good. That was a good meeting. We, we were productive. But when you're in a citizen group, and you're praying for someone whose marriage is on the rocks, and you look in the eye and say, God isn't finished with you yet. God's not done with you yet. And all of a sudden, the hope of God comes into someone's life because you prayed, and you believed, and you spoke purpose and belief in that moment. See, it echoes in eternity when we're building God's people and we're building people into God's house and everyone can be a part. So, so, so we talked about this excuse last week. Like, I, I, I got to decide I'm not going to be idle in the vision. I'm going to grab hold of that. And it's interesting, the word idle, like as far as engines are concerned, it means like the engine is on, but it's not in gear. It's 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 making the noise, it's emitting the exhaust, it's burning the fuel, it's just not going anywhere. And to me, that is the perfect example of where we can get caught sometimes. And if someone saw you on a Sunday, they'd say, "Oh yeah, the engine is on, it's making noise, it's it's burning the fuel, but it's just not going anywhere." Why should I get out of idle? Why should I put this in gear? Why should I become part? of what God is building. In a very practical way, get on a team. Well, very simply, it's this, because Jesus is serious about building his church, right? Jesus is serious about building his church. And we, re we talked about it last week, Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we just said, if you want to build what Jesus is building, you'll get active and start building the local church. It's that simple. And so... It, Nehemiah 3 shows us, you know, a great team. And a great team is an active team, right? And a, 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 a team that has a lot of vision. 
And we understand when we're setting up for an ice cream social or we're holding splash signs or we're parking cars or we're taking care of kids or we're leading worship or we're just vacuuming and getting the, the, the site ready for people. We understand we are at work in the realm of the eternal, even though it appears to be very temporal and very nominal. And Nehemiah shows us this great team, everyone active, but it also shows us something else. And we read it in verse 5. Verse 5, we'll put this up. It says, next to them, remember that word, that repeats over and over again, next to them, 50 different names, just crushing it on team. But verse 5, shots are fired, and someone's called out. In verse 5, next to them, it was the Tekoites. Were they building wall? Well, they're making a few repairs. All right, that's good. But it singles out why. But their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. In the middle of this chapter that's celebrating all the building and all the rebuilding and celebrating all the, the names of those that are, are really in the vision, we hear about the Tekoites. And, it, and it's, they're mentioned that their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work. And maybe they felt too important. Uh, you know, to get their hands dirty, or maybe they feel un felt unqualified. Like, who are we to build? We don't know how to build. But whatever the reason, there were some very badly needed shoulders missing on the wall because of it. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I believe. And as soon as I said it last week, I went, "Ooh, this is this is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is like God highlighting a, a, a momentary phrase that's that's targeting." A cultural problem are you ready the thought is this right now the landscape of faith and church is littered with out-of-place stones and idle shoulders the landscape of faith and the landscape of church is littered with stones that are out of their wall and let me tell you a stone in a wall looks beautiful a stone on the ground looks like rubbish because it doesn't belong there and we could just push all the rubbish aside and say, we don't need this rubbish. But we know that rubbish in its place is beautiful. It's not rubbish at all. My life makes sense in the context of community. It looks better. It, it, it's able to add support but be supported. And those idle shoulders, right? Those shoulders are, shoulders are a holy thing. Shoulders to cry on. Shoulders to carry the heavy load. Shoulders to break through the enemy's line of defense and lead the way for somebody else. Shoulders uh, blocking the enemy. Shoulders setting the new stone and rebuilding the wall. And there's a joy of being part of activating your gifts and being a contributor, like being, being part of it and saying, I had a hand in that. That was, that was a part I got to play. Amen? Shoulders wanted is what we talked about last week. Shoulders enabled, shoulders engaged, shoulders active, shoulders that aren't sitting back going, well, they could do that better, or shoulders sitting back going, well, I'm not so good at that. The best ability that we, are, that we can give God is our availability. And some of us are just holding back saying, well, I don't have that ability, I don't have that. Somebody told me recently, they said, people look at our church and think there's no, they, they have everything they need. Like, look at it, you know, the worship was solid, or this was great, or, like, they have everything they need. Little would they know if they peeked behind the curtain and said, oh, the, it's the sacrifices of a few that are carrying when really God's invitation is fulfillment to all. 
next to me and next to you and next to them and on and on and on, we become part of that. So shoulders wanted. Last week we had 16 people join the team after that message, and I went, praise God, 16 people that are going to activate their gifts and grow in their gifts and, and see God use their gifts. And that was, but it's time for many more of us to get activated. Amen? And so I, I told you there's a quick participation moment. I told you to download the church app. Hopefully you, you did that. And what I'm going to ask you to do is let today be the day we make this choice. Idle no more. Shoulders engaged. And so uh, you can just go on the church app, and at the very bottom, click the, the word on the left. It says featured. And on the featured screen, the very first link at the top says join the team. And you can just click on join the team. It's on the featured page, join the team. Yeah, you can just fill in a, a little bit of your bio information and then click on one or two teams that you're interested in. If, you're, if you don't know what you're interested in, just write in the comments, I'm not sure. Matter of fact, one of the best things you could, you could probably say is wherever a shoulder is needed, right? Wherever a shoulder, wherever there's a gap, put me there. And, uh, and, and that was... Uh, a quick review of I'm Too Idle. Are you ready? So we're moving on today. You got your participation. Uh, I'm going to take a few extra moments because we're finishing the series and we have ice cream, so I know you won't leave. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we have our fourth and final decision to make today, and it starts with this internal declaration we sometimes make when we talk about church life and getting back to church and getting back to build. Are you ready for it today? All right, today, and if you've got the church app, you've already seen our discussion notes, so you know where we're going. We're dealing with this one today. I'm too, if you know it, go ahead and say it, weary. I'm too weary. This is, this is rubbish we need to move. It's not rubbish you can ignore. It's not rubbish that you can pretend doesn't exist. This is rubbish that needs to get moved. And, uh, you know, I was, I don't know if you, have you ever had a song stuck in your head? You ever have that happen? Or like a really mean coworker who sings a song they know will get stuck in your head? Anybody? You know, you have that happen. And whenever I think of that phenomena, I think of an artist from the 80s, because that's like my generation. And uh, I, I think of Rick Astley singing that song, Never Gonna Give You Up. This one right here. In fact, this is... Go ahead, just let it go for a second. We can't get flagged for copyright, so we got to cut it off pretty quick. But don't let this get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Don't let that song get stuck. But I remember... In my generation, everybody was doing what's called a Rickroll. You'd just click on a link, and it would bring you to that video, and you'd hear that song. And it was a way of secretly getting that song into your head. And, uh, and I thought that that was like just, you know, boomer, old school, like, don't even reference it. This is not popular culture. Until just last week, there's a guy who had a tattoo of a QR code. And we're like, what's the QR code? And you take a picture of the QR code, hit the link, and it brings you to Rick Astley. And I'm like, he actually embedded this in his skin. This song is the song he chose to, like, get it in deep. Right? 
songs that get stuck in your head. And when we're talking about too weary, and we're talking about the book of Nehemiah, we see in Nehemiah 4, this literally happens. And I want to read this, and we'll, we'll just discuss a few thoughts and, and get, get on our way. But look at this, verse 1 of chapter 4. Team can put this up so we can see it. There's opposition to the rebuilding. Come on, you ever been in a season of, of pronounced opposition? Just seems like there's more opposition than typical, than normal. It says there's two bad guys. Verse 1, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry. He was greatly incensed. He began to ridicule us. And in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? God's people, feeble. What are they doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer up sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring these stones, this rubbish, back to life from the heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And I told you there's two bad guys. Because if you are, if you hang around the mockers, the too clever uh, consultants, the ridiculers, those with a critical spirit, you will begin to repeat what they say with a critical spirit. And so verse 3, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, be careful what you let by your side. He says, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And what are they even building? This is, you can tell Tobiah's not great at insults. He's like, what are they building? Even a fox climbing on it would break down the wall of stones. It's like that guy at work who doesn't know how to insult or talk trash. But he's joining in this critical spirit, this opposition. And look what happens verse 10. Meanwhile, the people of Judah... Now, understand, the people of Judah, if, if you've been around church, you might have heard the, the phrase, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah is the tribe that Jesus, the Messiah, comes from. These are his people, the people of Judah, the, the, the lion. Like, this is, this is, like, celebrity status for tribes of Israel, the strong. And it says, verse 10, the people of Judah were singing a sorrowful song. So much rubble for us to haul. Worn out and weary will we ever finish this wall. They're singing a song of lament. They're singing a song of rumination. They're singing a song that is starting to agree with the exaggeration of the adversaries of God. The people of Judah singing their song a weary spirit a weary spirit is usually the product of a ruminating spirit listen to me a weary spirit is usually the product or at least goes hand in hand with a ruminating spirit what's that mean rehearsing your sorrow repeating thinking meditating even singing about your disappointments it's like we're building altars to the the worst parts and the most difficult parts of life. And what happens is you begin to question your destiny, you start to broadcast your doubts, and people are next to you hearing you sing your song, Judah. We can't build our future. This is what they're saying. We can't build our future because we're too busy picking up the pieces of our past. Weary spirit, a discouraged spirit. So what's the remedy for a weary soul? 
it's amazing to me how, um, you know, if I have if I have a, a condition or like recently my eyes started to twitch a lot, like involuntary muscle, and guess where I go? Doctor? No, that would be a good thing to do. I WebMD that stuff, right? Google it. It, it. It's amazing to me how we WebMD these things. We 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 must. I must drive my doctor crazy when I do it. Um, a hasty little Google search. Of course, that's better than seven years of college and <laughs> residency and years of experience. You know, I did a Google search. Self-diagnosed. Self. You know. Uh, self-remedied. Um, typically, that doesn't go well, right? It's amazing how we do like the web god thing. It's like self-dose, self-treat for weariness. What should I do? I'm weary. What should I do about my weariness? Well, what I should probably do is stop fellowshipping with people who love Jesus. No, <laughs> no, you should do that more. Well, what I should probably do because I'm really weary. I'm really discouraged. I need to get less time uh, in the presence of Jesus. No, you need more time in the presence of Jesus. Well, maybe I should stop serving. Maybe I should stop sowing. Maybe I should stop. Maybe I should just back up and deconstruct my faith and really analyze. No, no, no. You need to be in his presence more. You need to be around his people more. You need to be around his truth more. You need to hear words of faith and belief even more than ever before, right? Self-dose? No, more than ever before. Why? Well, Jeremiah 31, 25, look at this. It says, I will refresh the weary. I will satisfy the faint. Amen? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How about Isaiah 40, verse 29? He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And we're self-medicating with isolation. We're self-medicating with inactivity. We're self-medicating by, by getting real cerebral and deconstructing and listening to all the wrong podcasts. And we miss out. Less, less, less. No, 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 more. You need it more than ever before. Hebrews 10.25 Let us not neglect meeting together as some have had a habit and even more so than ever before making a habit. But let us encourage one another. Oh, so we need one another? Absolutely you need one another. And then all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more. All the more. Not less. We need it all the more. See, back to church, this series, you might think, oh, it's just, no, this series is about getting back to God and a faith that overcomes, a faith that overcomes the world, a faith that overcomes the, the, uh, the fickleness that comes with culture today. Back to church. Faith says, keep going despite the opposition. Faith says, keep sowing despite the opposition. Faith says, keep loving, keep praying, keep worshiping, 
Keep making big plans. Keep inviting God in. Keep taking another step today. See, you don't have to break the tape and get to the finish line today. You just need to keep going forward. If it's an inch, take an inch. If it's half an inch, take half an inch. If you get, you don't want to roll and there's great momentum, you listen to worship, you went to your citizen group, you're like, ooh, I, I got a couple strides today. Keep going. See, the guarantee we have is we serve the Lord of the harvest. Understand this. The Lord of the harvest, it's one of the names. God has so many names in the Bible, and each one revealed just a, 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 an angle or, a, if you will, a um, when you look at a diamond, there's all these facets. And when you look at God, there's all these facets of brilliance that reflect his goodness. And one of the names we see in Matthew uh, uh, chapter 9 is he is the Lord of the harvest. Now, that's a good name. One of the great names of God, the Lord of the harvest, because it means we serve a God who initiated and watches over and, and activates the principles of seed time and harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. He watches over these principles. And so Galatians 6, 9, can I encourage you today? There is going to be opposition. There's just, that's the reality. In my Bible, Nehemiah 4, the heading over this passage that we read today is the opposition to rebuilding the wall. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be adversaries, especially when you say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to build myself. I'm going to build others. I'm going to get in a place where the Holy Spirit can build me. I'm going to get, well, when you are building and get back to building what God is building, there's opposition. It's, 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 uh, it's a universal principle. In fact, I would say this. If you're not experiencing opposition, you're probably not a threat to the devil. If you're building, the devil is going to resist you. If you're building, the devil is going to target you. And, be, and understand, the second you get weary and start giving up, the devil wants to bury you. But Galatians 6, 9, I love this. The Lord of the harvest, terms of agriculture. It says, and let us not grow weary. Don't, don't move on yet. And let us not grow weary. Weariness is a process you grow into. Weariness doesn't hit you. Weariness kind of comes in on the wind like a melody from Tobiah and Samballot. And you go, oh, let me think about that. Let me rehearse that. Let me meditate on that. Let me ruminate. Let me, let me begin to construct some lyrics to this. And let's, but weariness is a process. You grow into it. Let us not grow weary. How, how? How do I not cut off the things that grow weariness? Ruminating, rehearsing, doubting. Weariness has a hard time taking root in an environment of faith. Weariness has a hard time taking root in, in an ecosystem of serving others. Weariness has a hard time grabbing hold of you and getting its roots down in to a ground that is filled with God's word and God's encouragement and worship and prayer and, and just the people of God. Keep worshiping, amen? Keep sowing. Keep serving because how does Galatians 6, 9 end? It says, let us grow, let us not grow weary of doing good 
keep going. Keep doing good. Come on, you're doing good. You're in church today, you're doing good. Ah, but there's so much else. Come on, you're, you're moving forward. You're taking a step. You're saying, God, here I am. Help me. Restore me. Activate me. I want to be part of what you're doing on planet Earth. It says, for in due season, Galatians 6, 9, we will reap if we do not give up. Man, that's it. That's, that's my anthem. <laughs> that's my anthem. How do you beat the enemy? Don't give up. How do you, how do you grow up? Don't give up. How do you get to the other side of that difficult? You don't give up. How do you really put the past behind you? It's rubbish. It's garbage. You just don't give up. Keep believing. And the only thing that stands between me and what God has for me is I just keep going. The only thing that stands between me and what God has for me is I'm going to just keep on going. Keep going in his presence. Keep going with his people. Keep going with his word. Keep saying, okay, it, it wasn't a perfect week, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. And when we do, we experience what they did in Nehemiah 4. It says, we can put this on the screen, we'll end with this. They say, so we went on rebuilding the wall, and soon it was half its full height because the people were eager to work. You know what I catch out of that? We went on and soon. We went on and soon. Keep on. Keep going on. Keep going on. You don't know if it's tomorrow the breakthrough, two days the breakthrough, a week the breakthrough, a month the breakthrough. But I'm telling you, if you keep going, the only thing standing between you and what God has for you is that you just keep going in God. Come on. There's rubbish. And, and you can either, you know, sing about the rubbish or you can, make an article, uh, you can make an altar out of the rubbish. Just take those stones and those bricks and say, God, this is yours. Even my, my muddy past and my messed up past and some of the disappointments and discouragements. Hey, marriages end and sometimes you don't see it coming. Kids get into situations and your family gets into trauma and you didn't see that coming. You, you have health issues and journey with people you love going through hard things there is opposition and there are adversaries but there's a God who watches over his word and he says just take that rubbish don't ignore that rubbish you can't wish that rubbish away but turn it into an altar and, and give it to God and begin to get back to those things that you say God is yours it all belongs to you the good stuff the bad stuff the confusing stuff it's all yours God and they went on and soon. And that's a different song than Judah's song. Amen? They were singing their song. Judah was singing their song. But next to them, some people were singing a different song. And Judah just stayed with it. That song that somebody sings, it gets stuck in your head. As a church, we need to be clear. We're a church of faith. When you're weary, we'll grab you by the hand. We'll put our arm around you. If you can't walk it out, we'll walk it out with you. Because great people have all been carried at some point in their life. But if you're outside the family and you're not in a place where people can locate you, it's very difficult to keep going on your own. God has a new song for you to sing. Amen. As the psalmist wrote in Psalm 40, He lifted me up from the pit of despair, out of the miry clay, 
Come on, get out of despair today. He set my feet upon a rock. He made my footsteps firm, and he put a new song in my mouth, a song I needed to sing, a song I needed to hear, a song I couldn't write on my own, but it's a song of his grace is enabling me, a song that his forgiveness really deals with my past, a grace in a song that says, God is worthy, God is good, God is able, God is faithful. God isn't done with me yet. Amen? Do you believe it today? I want to pray for you today as we make this fourth and final decision. You know, just ready to sing a new song. And maybe you've had that song of weariness and that song of discouragement, song of brokenness, just kind of echoing in your heart. I just ask you to close your eyes right where you are. All over this room, online campus, our Tenley Town campus, let's join together and let's go to the altar in this moment together with every eye closed and minimize any movement. We'll get to ice cream in a minute. We don't, it'll still be there. But to take a moment, and I want to pray for you today to respond to this message. And as a church that we would all respond. Father, we say, maybe we've been feeling the weariness, the woundedness, the brokenness, from the past and, and from failed expectations or things that didn't go the way we expected, losses that we've encountered and, and mistakes we've made. And we look back and we say, will, will we really ever be able to remove this rubbish and rebuild what God has for us? God, we say, we're going to build an altar to you. We're going to keep going. We're going to sing a song of faith. We're going to stay in a place of faith. Because, God, only you can quicken us and move in us in, a, in such a way that you begin to bring strength to us. And you start growing faith instead of us growing our weariness. You begin to grow a, a harvest of righteousness and a harvest of, of overcoming and a harvest of faith and a harvest of courage, a harvest of vision and a harvest of, of wanting to be about our Father's business and winning the world to a loving God. We cut short the crop that we've been growing. We uproot it right now in the name of Jesus. We say no more weariness, no more despair and doubt. We speak the word of faith in Jesus' name. And we declare, Philippians 3, that we will do this one thing, forgetting what is behind us, and pressing forward for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we uh, refuse to ruminate on the loss of yesterday. And Father, we commit ourselves to believe you for the restoration that only you can do for our future. That you can rebuild walls and you can rebuild dreams and you can rebuild marriages and you can rebuild physical health and you can rebuild businesses and you can rebuild your house, your people, your church. That we would represent the, the goodness of God and the safety of God and the presence of God. Father, we say we want to be a part of what you're doing. Put us back in the wall. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed, we always give an opportunity. Maybe you're, you're here today and you're hearing this message wherever you are, and you say, well, that's all good, but I don't know where I stand with God. Like I have, th This sounds like advanced stuff, but really, I don't even know where to begin. 
we all begin with the song of salvation. We all begin at the foot of the cross saying, Jesus, we need you. And if you're here today and you don't know where you stand with Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer over us right now, a general prayer. But I'm going to give you an invitation. And I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I'm going to invite you to lift your hand and say, include me in that prayer of dedication. I won't call you out of your seat. I won't call any attention to you. But I will pray a general prayer over us for a new day and a new beginning for you to say, Jesus, I want, to, I, I want the goodness of God. I want the blessing of God. And I want the forgiveness of God in my life. You don't earn that. You just receive it. It's an act of faith to say, God, what you did on the cross, put it on my account. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But the Bible also says that Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. But it doesn't start with religion. It certainly doesn't end with commitment to a church. It all starts at the crossing. Jesus, I need you. Are you ready? One, don't wait. Today's a day of new beginnings. Two, it's the song of salvation to say, God, by his grace, forgave me, and I receive him. Are you ready? One, two, three, hands up. Say, yeah, include me in that prayer, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. You say, yeah, it, it might be the first time you're praying this prayer. It might be a recommitment moment because you know you need this assurance. Praise God. You can put your hands down. Maybe you didn't feel comfortable lifting your hand, but you know this is for you. Let's pray this prayer all together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So I surrender all I am, all I used to be, and all I hope to be. I put my life in your hands, in Jesus' name. Now say this boldly. I am a Christian. By God's grace, I'm saved. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice with those. Each local campus, you can... Go ahead and transition as we rejoice with those. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe a recommitment moment, uh, it's a new day for you. Amen.